Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. gentlemen the board has been reset because the dog tried to kill me Saturday and apparently um, cost you the ability to spell you're missing the D in that that's actually uh, it's it's actually right up there over the E if you see if you take a look really close you can see the D because in the first time in the first time we had that put together uh, somebody forgot to include the D so now it's kind of a running gag so anyway welcome everybody to the H2O podcast my name is Jason Hunt and I am Timothy Harvey and yes on Saturday. Junior office doc. Man, I'm looking really this this I got a red tint on my camera. The white balance. See, that's okay. It, it it goes with the subject for the evening because Yeah, well, you know. yeah. Uh so Saturday, uh Mrs. Boss, uh Mindy Mindy goes shopping and uh she we're unloading and she's handing me stuff and I'm bringing it in. You know, doing the doing my my you know, dutiful husband duties, right? And I turn with my arms full mm-hmm. of canned goods mm-hmm. with some substantial weight to the to the package. And junior office dog decides to get in between my legs and imitate a cat and tried to kill me. And I tripped over Junior Office Dog and fell onto the floor at the head of the stairs and barely caught myself from going head first down the stairs. So we had to reset. And there were over, we were over 700 days without something happening. And, and we had to reset. And now we're at two. And... Hey, at least it's not you know Mrs. Boss. So. It's it's not Mindy going to the ER. I guess that's that's something. So this is a good thing. <laughs> Were any canned goods injured in the incident? No, no. Uh, the, the canned goods, the canned goods are fine. The critical question is the food okay? <laughs> is the food okay? Yes, the food is fine. It's on the shelf in uh, in the in the storage. So yes, it's we're all good there. My chair keeps wanting to sink. I gotta have to get me a new chair. I got a birthday coming up. Somebody can give me a chair. <laughs> oh, I did get something in the mail. Uh, Monday, I got something in the mail. The advent. Do you see it? Do you see the the white balance just shifted on my camera? Mm-hmm. All right. So, so I got this. This is the Adventures of Batman. I believe this is the filmation series from a Ooh, while okay. back with Bert uh, um, Casey Kasem as Robin. Mm-hmm. This is back right, during yeah. the Super Friends era. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, uh, on Blu-ray. Caped Crusader Classic Comes Home, it says. So this is all of the Batman and Robin series. 
So that'll be fun. And I I just saw today um, we're getting a new 4K scan of the Fleischer Superman cartoon. Nice. And I think it's coming out in May. So very excited about that, which means I've got a, I've got a birthday in May. Just saying. Well, if Warner Home Video is consistent, get a copy. So mm. I'll be I'll be excited. Robert, uh, thankfully it was canned goods and not eggs. You'd be dead and broke. Uh, you know, when when I went over onto the floor, I didn't think anything. I just it was. I I knew I wasn't gonna die. But at the same time, it was um, it was a moment that was dominated by frustration with the dog more than anything else. It was just like, you dog and hit the floor. And it was it was one of those things. And of course, everybody's are you okay? Are you okay? Fine. Fine. You know, it took me a minute to get back up because, you know. Old man doesn't get up as quickly as before, but uh, I'm okay. That's good. And I finished covering my gutters over the weekend, so all of that's done. I need to cross it off the list. Anyway. <laughs> I just, you know, it, it's, it's those things, you know, the... The dog trips you up, and you end up going down the stairs, and and you you find yourself in a completely different universe and and time travel, and you and you and you were there, and you know that kind of thing. All Ooh, right, sounds like a plot of a B movie. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Which is what we're talking about tonight. In the in the wake of the box office success. Uh, uh, and and some would say unexpected, but I don't think it's unexpected. Uh, I uh, think it's a surprise how successful it is sure. uh, of Cocaine Bear. And Mr. Harvey has a review over at SciFiForMe.com. You can read that. It's light on spoilers. It doesn't have very much, so you can right. You can I, I encourage you to check that out. It is it is um, what the best B movies are, which is fun. Yeah. And and what's interesting, so so there's there's a couple of interesting things about B movies in general. First of all, what we consider to be a B movie is not what B movies started off as. Yeah, we tend to think of a B movie as something that's uh, low budget, fairly schlocky, you know, not particularly, you know, it's not it's not a quote unquote serious movie. Yeah, it's um, not you know, theater. right? Um, but what the origin of B movies is back in the depression. When nobody had any money, the movie industry still had to survive. So they would actually put out double features. Mm -hmm. And the B movie was the second film. And so it was literally the A movie and the B movie. And so the the big selling one, you know, was this is it's like it's like the B side of a of a record, right? You know, here's here's the hit. And then the flip side is, you know, okay, this is a, this is the good song, but it's not the one we think is going to be the 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 knockout title. So, over time, <laughs> excuse me, it really did become this sort of thing where it's like, 
you know, there's there's just not a lot of money for this one. So it's, you know, the studios would put out the big hits, but they were also putting out smaller pictures. And interestingly enough, in his, in a historical sense, the independent film um, in general is is a descendant of the original idea of the B movie. Now, for most people, because for decades now, the B movie has been the low budget, you know, no names, no big stars put out by, you know, smaller studios. But the B movie is also where a lot of the defining films or films that were hugely influential of genre films yeah. came out of. Yeah. I mean, B science fiction films were almost re re relegated to being B movies for the fifties. Um, and most of the 60s. Um, a lot of horror films are automatically B-movies. And some that you wouldn't necessarily think um, are, are... Don't necessarily think of, of as B-movies are B-movies by definition. Films like 28 Days Later, mm -hmm. yeah, by definition, yeah. is a B-movie because of its budget. Right. <laughs> um, so there's, you know, but so there's this perception that we have, of, you know, the B-movies are just like... Oh, these are just not serious films, but some of them can definitely be, you know, really high quality, very well made, but they don't fit the standard Hollywood blockbuster model. And that's fine. That's great because there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, but they're also kind of out of fashion in the in the idea that we have of B movies now. So you got your independent films, you got your smaller pictures. I mean, everything everywhere all at once could be argued as a b movie right um right. but it's clearly not a it's not what people think of when they think of it as a b movie but cocaine bear come on yeah. it's clearly a b movie <laughs> but it's also and both films are great in very different ways yeah. but um you know the the there's a certain amount of of crowd pleasing that goes into the concept of the b movie you know, it's, it's you, the, they're the films you go to to watch in the theater with an audience and have a good time. You're not necessarily going for, you know, to 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 be to learn something or feel deep emotions or or to you know, you're going there just to 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 have a night out at the movies. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's not a a a moment of profundity that changes your life forever. Right, and and you can see the stuff change over time, where it's like the superhero movies, this giant financial juggernaut. Yeah. Um, kids, a couple of decades ago, those were all B movies, <laughs> right? All they were. Do you remember? Okay, so did you see the two Captain America TV movies? Yep. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. and they are they are you know it's like the you look at those, but even then when you go up a step to the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. Mm -hmm. And you're only going up a step, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that was that was a, a, a kind of theatrical run. Um and it is but it's it's kind of emblematic of the of of the lower end. And then you have something like The Phantom with Billy Zane, which is a fun Treat, movie. And Treat Williams and it's very it's yeah. un, it's another one that's unapologetically a B movie. Um, and, and uh, treat Williams. Another one is, um, a deep rising. I mentioned in, in, in my review for cocaine bear, 
Deep Rising is a very just it's a it's a monster movie. It's got its tongue in its cheek. It's gory, it's violent, and it's a lot of fun. And you can tell that every time someone said cut, the cast just lost it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't even know if the, oh, let me let me rephrase that. That's what it feels like. I don't know. It could have been a miserable experience for them. But um, it's it, it's one of those films where you just seem like they're having a good time. And that's part of the essence of the B-movie is you, you feel like the people who made it enjoyed doing. Yeah. Well, and that's something that you said about Cocaine Bear. You, you said that it was... It, it, it seemed to you that everybody was having a lot of fun making that movie. Oh. Well, and it's interesting because they it was they made it under uh, COVID protocols, and they shot it in Ireland, most of it in Ireland, which is you know considering it's set in Georgia. Um, but um, there's a scene, there's scenes where you see uh, characters walking together, and it involves one of the kids, and that kid had COVID, and he was not on set; he was he was off, <laughs> being getting better, and so they had a stand-in. Who didn't know any of the lines? He was just just a just just a small child person who could be there and walk along, and so it shot every, every time you see the two these two characters, and it's it's shot from the back. It's not the actor, hmm. it's the stand-in. And there's a fair number of these shots, because <laughs> I was watching for him because I read that before. Yeah, um, and it's like you know this is this is how B movies happen. It's like well they can't be here today, so. Bob, have you got a kid? Great, bring him yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Put a wig on him. <laughs> you know. Well, and and you know the the idea of the low budget flick. I mean, I've done, I've made a low budget feature. Oh sure. And I remember the first the first day we were shooting. Uh, I made the mistake of scheduling the elaborate split screen effects work. On the first day, and I thought, yeah, I shouldn't have done this. Not on the first day, because we were outside, and uh, we were in a we were in a field. Because this was this was the dream. We're going to get the dream sequences shot, right? Mm -hmm. And we ended up having intermittent cloud cover, which means our lighting kept changing. It was like, well, it's all got to match right. to do the split screen. And then you had a horse walking through various shots. I was like, okay, we're not doing split screen anymore. It's just, you know, we're just going to shoot it and, and it's going right. to be a thing. And, and But you you make those decisions on the fly. I mean, sure. Star Wars was a quote-unquote low budget until the budget exploded because they kept spending so much money. Right. But it was originally conceived as a lower budget. I mean, he, he wanted to do Flash Gordon. And right. it was, you know, you, you look at, of course, Flash Gordon. Look at you know from the eighties, and mm -hmm. you know that's that. I think you would consider a B movie. I oh yeah. See, I think not. It's not just the low budget aspect of it, but it's also where you might normally find these films screening. These are drive-in movie. This is. The second run theaters and sure. you know the 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 cheap seats type of of fare, mm -hmm. even though you might have some like Flash Gordon that might have a bigger budget, 
it's still just the the feel of them. Right. So studios still look at at, at their releases and think which ones are going to, you know, they, there's, you know, they do the math. They think this one's going to be, you know, X amount of dollars in its run. And opening night, we we hear all the time about expectations of, you know, opening night box office, right? I mean, right. it's like people are, you know, studios are expecting $140 million in the opening weekend. Okay, whatever. Um, but they're, they're still doing that math for the smaller pictures. And a lot of that stuff gets shunted over onto streaming now. Right? right. So the fact that it's like one of the th one of the really charming things about Cocaine Bear is that it, it went into theaters, and this is the kind well, of movie that right now gets pushed over onto Netflix or and that's not that's not to say yeah. that's a bad thing because people get to still get to watch it. But well, and it wasn't and, just it wasn't just Cocaine Bear because Jesus Revolution uh, came out this weekend as well. And it's not a it's not a science fiction picture. It's not a B movie. It's it's a lower budget faith based picture, and it even performed better than expectations. Well, I think people so, well, we're we're at the point for I think a lot of people were very hesitant for a while, obviously, of going back into theaters. But I think we're getting to that point where people really are enjoying the experience. I would have laughed a lot watching cocaine bear as a screener here in my apartment sure but i had so much more fun and i did i wasn't there with anybody that i knew i was with i was with a crowd full of strangers i mean there were some there were some other people from the press community that you and i know but they were i wasn't sitting anywhere near them yeah so it was just like but still i mean you know it was some some of those things some of those things are good for shared experiences, whether it's in a theater with a crowd mm -hmm. or Friday night at the band party after the football game. Right. 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 Because mm -hmm. how many how many of us I mean, let's let's be honest. A lot of us growing up, if we were fans of Star Wars or fans of Spider-Man or whatnot, we were probably in the band or we were probably in theater. We were probably doing some kind of extracurricular activity that didn't involve a whole lot of athleticism. And so you'd have the, the requisite Friday night, Saturday night party after the football game sure. of mm -hmm. other like-minded people. And what are they, what are they showing on the, on the, the videotape? You know, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, um, I think. I think somebody put in Purple Rain at one of these parties. I mean, there's uh, these just just stuff, you know, that you would not get. Rocky right. Horror Picture Show, uh, and a lot oh, yeah. of times, a lot of times when it was when it was the band parties, it was some kind of zombie picture or a horror flick. Right. You know, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street type stuff. So. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's what you watched all the time, you know. The Evil Dead movies and the Blob sure. and and that. Well, and and those are classic B movies, yeah. and they are, um, you know, the kind of things where they are, you know, e even the horror ones in many ways are feel good pictures because they're meant to be watched with. Well, Nobody sets out to make a movie. I want them to sit at home alone and watch this film. Nobody does that. Andy Warhol might have done it. Okay, and that that fair. Andy Warhol fair. And, done I, it. and considering that, um, sleep. Uh, Skinnamarink is this big horror sensation right now, uh -huh. and having watched it sitting at home by myself, 
Um, that is a film that I think I would have gotten zero benefit from watching in a, in a film in a theater with a crowd. Yeah. Which is so rare. Um, but it's such an odd movie and I don't think I can recommend it. Um, it's an interesting experiment. You going to write a review? I, I really should because you it's should. such a strange film and it's okay. We've folks, if you've been, if you've been tuned in at, at, for any length of time to this little podcast of ours, you have heard me mention that I hate the Blair Witch Project. I think it's a <laughs> God awful movie. We're amazing gonna turn, ad we're campaign. We're going to turn that into a drinking game. Maybe amazing ad campaign, just pure genius, but the movie is bad. Yeah. Um, but it's, incredibly influential on the genre and it was incredibly influential to help reinvigorate horror at a time when horror had hit a real slump right um and and this is something that happens in the horror genre is that the studio cranks out a bazillion things that look exactly the same until nobody cares anymore and they do it very fast yeah that was successful let's do three more of them right which is why we have forty thousand paranormal activity movies which are also bad um but um, again, I, can, I cannot argue with the fact that the, the I don't like the movie, but it's influential, right? And that's great. It, right. it was, it's important to the horror genre, and it helped revitalize things. Skinnamarink is like that. I didn't. It didn't. I didn't have my visceral just anger that I ended up <laughs> developing watching the Blair Witch Project, um, but. It's it's an experimental horror film. And it's I personally didn't find it remotely scary. But I found it interesting, but it's also a slog. Oh yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you, I can I can recognize this I can recognize what it's doing and well, I can appreciate the attempt. Let me ask you and this cuz da- uh David the chat mentions the short that it's based on. When, when you're saying that it's a slog, is it a slog because they just stretch the short out and, and padded too it's, much? Okay, so it's a mood picture in many ways. And mood pictures often are too long. Right. Um, I watched a lot of art house stuff in, in when I was in college. Um, our, our theater on campus played a lot of just amazing stuff. And some of it was very weird. <clears throat> and some of it was very cool um but there was that was all there was a lot of that stuff especially during genre genre pictures experimental genre stuff in the 70s all kinds <laughs> of weird stuff that came out with again very much b-movie drive-in stuff um some of it was really interesting and some of it was just like what are you doing where would you put thx 1138 in that oh it's definitely a b-movie but it's also that weird thing that was happening in science fiction during that time period where so much of what we consider, I mean, you know, uh, saw in the chat, the, the thing, yes, it's a B movie. Mm-hmm. Both versions of the thing are B movies. Um, you know, nightmare on Elm street is a B movie star Wars before the budget, even with the budget, the first star Wars is a B movie. It yeah. really is budget or not, you know, um, masters of the universe, um, you know, the running man, mortal, you know, mortal combat. Oh, definitely. Mortal combat. <laughs> mortal combat mortal... Yeah. I mean, the thing, so, so much of this stuff, but, but again, we look at these things that we remember these films 
these films stick in our mind and and um genre films again because there was that whole period really for the 70 most of the 70s most of the a good chunk of the 80s and into the 90s yeah. horror and science fiction and fantasy were all b movies yeah beastmaster I mean, sheena uh, uh crawl yeah um uh lady hawk see the uh, thing is that you get into these weird things where some of these are they they might have started off as a b movie but they, be, they become uh, uh films that are not considered b movies i, th I would say yeah. that films like even though the thing and lady hawk or labyrinth um or or uh or just a bunch of these movies started off as b movies definitely in the minds of the studios sure conan the barbarian in 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 terms of how the audience perceives them now i mean some of these are classics I mean, the, the thing the thing is is a defining horror film. It is a classic. It bombed in the theaters. Critics hated it. Let Let me ask you this, because it, it's it's one of those things where you look at shows like Firefly, for example, mm -hmm. or the last season of Enterprise, or the last season of Picard. Uh, you have this this moment where the people that are making the thing have have a have a realization that it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what we do; we're already canceled. It doesn't matter because nobody's going to watch it, and so you get this sense of abandon. You know, this like, okay, fine, we'll just go for it. And it right, doesn't right. matter. And in and, and and a lot of times you'll get something that really clicks. And it mm -hmm. it it clicks with the audience and it it works on screen. Yes, it's schlock and it's and it's it's cheesy, but it, like you said, with cocaine bear, it's fun. And it's this thing where it just it lightning in a bottle. But it happened so many times in the 80s and 90s. You know, Buckaroo well, Banzai. So there's an interesting philosophy I think I've, <laughs> we see here is when a lot of these films were brand new, when they were just coming out, they were made by people who had no expectations that they were going to be anything resembling a sequel to the thing they were making. Right. Most of the time they're thinking, I got one shot at this. When mm -hmm. Sam Raimi made the first Evil Dead film... He was not thinking that in 2023, the second film in the reboot of the Evil Dead series yeah. was going to be... No, he didn't think of it. That, that wasn't even a consideration. So you you sit there and you put all that passion and fun and, and you've only got 16 cents and, and three gum wrappers to make your movie <laughs> with. And so you've got one shot at it. And so they throw so much into it. And a lot of times that passion um, for the, with the cast, with the crew, because it's the only thing, you know, like they, they can't guarantee they're going to get another shot. Yeah. Um, and, and even with directors like John Carpenter, who of course was make had been making films, but he got his start in schlock movies. You know, he was doing stuff for, for low budget studios. James Cameron got started working for Roger Corman. Right. And Corman, Corman, of course, the business model was for Corman's movies were 
They don't have to cost a lot of money because all I got to do is make enough of them and have them be fun enough. People want to see more. Yeah. And the asylum for all that, you know, you can give them grief about their mockbusters. That's their entire business model is we're going to make stuff that is just entertaining enough. Well, and Christopher Christopher mentions in the chat full moon features. You know, you've got subspecies, oh, yeah. you got puppet master, you have trancers. Oh, which tra- turned into a series of movies. I mean, how, and the first who expected trancers that? Is one of, I, it's one of my favorite B movies. It is fun. It is the so first much one. Fun. It, it, that is a series with a definite case of diminishing returns. Yes. Yes. But the yes. first one is, if you've not seen it, and, and a lot of the early full moon stuff. Um, Full Moon also went on there like, of course, it was the 80s. So it's like, let's have a number, number, a large number of young women who are willing to take off their clothes. Yeah. And there was that whole little subset of their of their but, genre. But they're now, still around. Your 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 stumble and fumble there has me wondering what a what a, a Full Moon features lumber movie would would be like. <laughs> you know, I haven't checked their catalog, but they lumber. might have something like that. Lumber um, rated R. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me um but i mean you look at some of these things that you know the the big disaster movies oh, of yeah. the 70s the poseidon adventure poseidon adventure yeah. the towering inferno i mean well, how how many how many of those were uh uh oh what was his name um lost in space um oh oh uh, yeah Crap. <laughs> I can't believe uh, you got to be kidding me. I can't remember his name to save my life. <coughs> Somebody help me in the chat. Lost in space. I, I, I'm, it's right there. It's right there. I know exactly who I'm talking about. And it's... <sighs> Irwin Allen. Thank you. Yes. There Irwin we go. Allen. Right. Yeah. Irwin Allen. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, those are, you know... Ice Pirates... Uh, mega de- uh, uh, mega force and some of them some of them still hold up as entertaining yeah. some of them some of them i mean there's a, there's this idea that b movies are so bad they're good but that's really not the case a lot of a lot of there's a lot of b movies that are just bad right. i mean they just are yeah um but and and doesn't mean doesn't mean it's not fun to watch them i mean there's an entire sub industry built on the room for crying out loud. Um, Cube. Well, the, would, so the would, first would Cube count? film is is definitely a, a B movie, and yeah. it's a B movie in a very it's very clever because they had very little money, and you know they basically made it built an entire horror film about relighting the same room. See, That's clever. Uh, <laughs> see, Dave, Dave mentioned Sword and the Sorcerer in the in the in the chat. You've got robot jocks. And mm-hmm. I, I almost, mm, I almost, but not really, but kind of, sort of, wouldn't mind seeing a B movie interpretation of the Dragon Riders of Pern, because that's the kind of story you could do that with. It doesn't have to be Game of Thrones CG dragons. Da, 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 da. Do it, do it. You know, give me Ray Harryhausen stop motion on the dragons. Okay, see you know? that I'd be okay with. Do it old-fashioned style. We're going to do the Dragon Riders of Pern as if it were made in the 60s. You know, 
Raquel Welch, you know, one billion years BC type of of sure. of production design. Mm-hmm. You know, Barbarella and Logan's Run, and you know that kind of thing. And give me drag, give me <laughs> Dragon Riders of Pern like that. I, 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 that could be interesting. I'm a little concerned about we're getting a Barbarella remake when Barbarella is such a is another mm-hmm. one that it's it's very clearly a B movie, and I don't know. So making a serious version of a B movie is a thing you can do. I mean, and it and it can and it can work out. I mean, the the Evil Dead movies, these these new versions are yeah. big budget versions. Right. You know, they're they're take but they but they're not they're taking the basic premise, right? They're not they're not making them as these sort of over the top comedy horror films. They're they're you know, making them as as horror movies. Yeah. Um, and and that's fine, but it's it, it's clearly a different tone. It's clearly, you know, uh, an, a conscious effort to make something that is in the same concept, but yeah, right. But something like something like Barbarella is based on, you know, it's based on a comic, and the original film is a. Is a trip. I mean, <laughs> see, I, I, it has me wondering what the new Red Sonja is going to look like. Because are they going to are they going to lean into the sword and sorcery schlock B movie type of tone that we got from the Conan movies from Schwarzenegger and Brigitte Nielsen and that set, or is this going to be another dud like the Conan movie that starred Jason Momoa, where they so take can... themselves too seriously? We're going to make a serious picture here. And and it flops. I think so. I mm, I'm so fantasy films are tough, right? Yeah. I mean, um, and fantasy films have been tough for a while. Um, now you get something like the new Dungeons and Dragons film, which looks like they have found that tone between action and comedy. Which, considering the considering the track record of Dungeons and Dragons movies, <laughs> right. Just try it, man. It yeah. might work this time. You never know. Um, and they got a good-looking cast, and it looks like it's fun, and, and okay, great. And it, it really does, I I get the vibe, not, not one-to-one direct correlation, but I get the vibe from the cartoon. Right, and I think that's, I think if, if that's, if it plays out the way that it looks like it's going to, and, and remember, folks, trailers Lie. are not always accurate. But you can um, sue over that now. Right. Apparently. <laughs> we'll see how well yeah. that gets through court. JR says stop motion is only cheap if you don't play your pay your claymation artist. But let me let me throw this one at you. <clears throat> Dragon Riders of Pern, 60 style, with stop motion animation by Phil Tippett. Who's pretty much the only remaining stop motion artist in Hollywood. Is he doing stuff? For well, Guillermo he, del Toro stop motion, I don't know because del Toro's got another stop motion fantasy <laughs> film on the on the way, um, and I, he's but one Tibbet's of the few been direct- working on on Mad God all this time. Yeah, yeah, which is I, I his think, big 30, 30 year passion project. I don't know that Tippett is doing a whole lot. I, he may be retired, but you know, yeah, there's I, there's I, nobody's doing stop motion anymore. Well, I mean, like I said, del Toro is about the only guy doing it right now. Um, and I think the last uh, Coraline, the the Neil Gaiman adaptation, yeah, 
um, was well, was one of the the last ones. Para, I can think. Paranorman. Paranorman, right? Was yeah, one. Yeah. Which um, was fun. But yeah, uh, Mad God is the last thing on on Phil Tippett's mm. uh, slate. It doesn't look like he's got anything coming up. But he's probably w- tired after Mad God. It could be. I would be perfectly fine with the Dragon Riders of Pern uh, with stop motion by Phil Tippett. It could be interesting. It'd be interesting. Because you could do it like Clash of the Titans. Mm. You know, because you have that mix of all the different things, right? And you, it's, yeah, I... Right. Mm, now, now I'm thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't trust any modern era writer with the material. I don't know anybody. Well, I don't know anybody who could write it. I think. I think that that's one of the the really cool things that came out of the B movie. Uh, the, these these lower budget pictures that weren't expected to do much mm-hmm. is that a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily be the go to people for writers because it's it's like anything else. There's whole periods of time where this isn't here's here's the go to writer for this kind of movie, the go to writer for that, and and it's right. been like that. It, it, it's been like that since there've been entertainment on the stage. Yeah. Um, all the way through the movies, there's always been that somebody. I mean, Shakespeare managed to do pretty well for a while. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, so yeah, it's not new, but it's yeah. So, but the B movies again, the expectation there were no expectations. Uh, you know, they figured they'd put this thing in the theater, it would run, and of course, remember, folks, this is back when when you had one theater screen. Or two theater screens. A lot of this stuff was you didn't have the big cineplexes, and so you know you might have you know that seven o'clock show where you were screening the big picture, but then you wanted to put something on at nine o'clock, and you know the the folk the the, the grownups were taking the kids home, but the teenagers were still out. Yeah. So you know the you know, or the midnight movie at the drive-in or whatever. You know, so the expectation, the lack of expectation meant you get got something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which, you know, when they made that, it, it had been a relatively, not huge, relatively successful stage show. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought Rocky Horror Picture was going to run for decades as, as the midnight movie. Right. No, but Richard O'Brien was was, was stunned. <laughs> when that happened <laughs> well and and the longevity of of flash gordon i think is another one of those where for a little while it was a bomb and it was the worst thing ever and but but you got so many nuggets of brilliance in that movie you know sure. i mean it, what you got timothy dalton you've got you've got max von Sydow as the villain and he's chewing the scenery like nobody's business oh. you know you have mm-hmm. topol you have brian blessed sir brian, brian blessed i mean that gordon's alive that's the that's the moment of the whole film right well and you think it's one of that that's a film where to some degree you look at that and you think i mean topol at the time was like a giant on broadway yeah I mean, he was the star of Fiddler on, Fiddler the, roof, on the Roof, which was the explosive hit. Didn't he play and, it in the movie too? Didn't he? He did the movie with. The, yeah, he did the movie too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's just he was he was huge on the stage, and so he's slumming it. <laughs> <laughs> he owed somebody the, a favor, and and the thing is, is that it, it's 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 fantastic. And I think that's one of the things that it's easy to forget that. 
none of these films that had this lasting power that they do. I mean, the first Predator is a B movie. Yeah. A lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career was built on B movies. Yeah. And and they you know nobody nobody thought that they were going to have the longevity that they had. A- they were, Alien would have been a would have been a B movie. I mean, how many? It's what three sets yeah. and five <laughs> actors. I mean, there's there's hardly anything to that budget wise. Yeah, there's there's uh, uh, if we were if we're looking at it from the budget angle for the B movie, there's a lot of these really influential films that people made for very little money relatively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking, we're, you know, you, you look at a $200 million Avengers movie. Well, $300 million, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever it costs to make an Avengers movie these days um, is, you know, it can't be a B movie. Because right. the studio has packed it with, you know, they've packed that film with stars. Um, they've, if it's, it's an event picture, right? Um, but you look at something like, you know, Manos, the Hands of Fate. Well, yeah, I mean, the, compare, contrast, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if Manos, the Hands of Fate had gotten a two hundred million dollar budget, it would it be would have completely still been different. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Because the problem with that film starts with the script. Um, was there a script? I thought I, I was thinking that they, could, they were kind of making it up as they went because of what they had. Oh, well, see, and that's and that's back to that same situation. Uh, who do we have today? You know, what actors? What actors do we have available? All right, let's shoot something. You know, it's right. That. Yeah. Now you I mean, got. You know, it, uh, Mars Attacks is another one. The re- both the original and the remake. Um, and to some degree, that's you know you you okay. So you get some of these you get some of these people now who have the clout to deliberately go out and make a B movie. Yeah, that's you know to, and to do it as as an homage to B movies. Right. Um, and it's kind of like Tarantino some... doing Grindhouse stuff. Yeah, I mean, because he's playing into a specific kind of genre that. Honestly, grindhouse movies, they're the, I mean, they're not, they're B movies. They're just not the genre B movies that right. we, you know, they're not the science fiction and the, and the fantasy and the horror. Although a lot of the, a lot of the grindhouse films kind of pushed into, pushed into horror territory. Right. Um, because a lot of them were. A lot of blood. A lot of revenge pictures coming out of grindhouse. Um, but also like that whole, that whole martial arts movie. Mm-hmm. trend that mm-hmm. we got yep. in the 70s as as you know people were like Bruce Lee is amazing let's have our martial arts movies or those or the the poorly edited and poorly dubbed uh uh Chinese and Japanese films that would occasionally make it over into art house cinema stuff yeah. um uh there were a lot of those were kind of the B movies that were getting you know this the <laughs> to some degree, some of that stuff was was the limitations of the studios of those particular countries at the time. Mm-hmm. Because while America, of course, had dumped a ton of money into the movie industry, a lot of these, you know, Japan certainly had its own movie industry. But but some of the you know some of the uh, Asian cinema that we were getting were coming from places that were, you know, they just didn't have a lot of money to play with. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was on uh, I was on Pop Culture Minefields channels this morning. And we were talking about Three Body Problem. Mm. And, you know, Netflix has got an adaptation that's coming. It's in production. 
but there's already a Chinese version. It's called Three mm-hmm. Three Body, and uh, uh, the host played the trailer. And when Brian Brian played this trailer, and I'm and I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, this is this is pretty lush cinematography. That you know some of these some of these images, some of the cinematography in this, they've spent some money on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you don't normally think. And and this could go back to you know just the level of expectation that you have for anything that's made outside the United States. You think the United States has all the monies, but the Chinese, the Koreans, they're all putting out some stuff that looks pretty good. And They've got to the point now where, I mean, a lot of the uh, so much of this stuff is has come down to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, because the talent is there, the writer, the writers are there, the 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 actors are there, but the and we've seen this here. Obviously, it's like you know, I I own two cameras that twenty years ago, you know, just simply couldn't exist. Right. Um, and they are, you know, so and and they fit in the palm of my hand, and they cost, you know, I I, I spent less than. For the the two of them combined was what eight thousand bucks, um, and that's you know that's that's a movie studio right there. Yeah, you know I've got well, how many edit, how many editing software have I got on my computer? So the, and the, I've got the technology these, is there for them now. I've got these two non HD Panasonics that'll do twenty four frame video. Right, and I sh- I shot a feature film on one of these things, and I, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, we could do a low budget B movie in in that style at and we still have the gear that they use right? to make them right we I can think, do that think, kind of thing uh, the, but one of the great things about these B movies that have had the longevity is even if they're just dumb and fun yeah you got to have fun fun's got to be the big the big piece of that you know nobody sets out to make a cult classic and a lot of these have become cult classics well okay people do set out to make cult classics and they usually fail right because cult classic cult classic is a thing that is bestowed upon you yeah (laughs) it's it's lightning in a bottle and it is so dependent on how the audience responds and it's not the immediate audience it's the long-term audience. And usually right. the cult classics are the ones that are discovered some other way than the the theatrical release, whether it's home video, cable. Like how, many, how many cult classics were born on HBO and Showtime and Cinemax and, right. and in the middle of the night, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, the, the, 80, the, 80s, boom, the 80s cable boom. Where a lot of these, you know, your HBOs and Showtimes and, and Cinemaxes had to have content twenty four seven, and that was not that was a new thing, because at midnight rolled around and your network stations signed off, it's the um, end of and a broadcast play, played some music and the sunset footage went down, and, and they were and they were gone. Yep. Right, and and then and then, but HBO had to be twenty four hours, and Cinemax had to be twenty four hours. So something had to go there, and this was pre twenty four seven forty seven thousand streaming channels. This was you know 
20 cable 20 cable channels and six of them four of them were premium which yeah. you had to pay for and your scrambler barely picked up in the middle of the night um <laughs> but so some of that yeah some of that stuff became the i mean the the first highlander movie i would only consider good highlander that a b movie, movie. is would, definitely a b movie yeah and so. it is it was it was a fairly expensive B movie for the time, but it was still a B movie. That film played on, I want to say it was HBO so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like in heavy rotation for a while there. Um, that, I mean, you knew it grew an audience that never saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this stuff ends up like that. I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show, it gets put in the midnight, it gets put in the midnight slot for a lot of these, these, movie theaters because it was cheap yeah and they're like we don't have to pay a lot of money and suddenly it's a hit and and we we really do at some point and i and we keep talking about this and and we just never do it we need to have movie night over on twitch we need to do that we need to actually come up with a plan and a schedule and actually do, you know, sci-fi for me Monday night at the movie or Saturday night at the movie or whatever because I've got the I've got the opening title sequence for that but we have to we have to decide to do it. Right. And out of all these 2266 people that subscribe to this channel on YouTube, we probably get pick up, you know, 15, 20, 30 people to go sit and watch a movie with us. Maybe you know, I mean, yeah, it'd be fun. we need to we need to actually have a plan and start doing that and, and do some do some movie nights and they could be random or they could be planned. I mean, we would have to come up with a schedule and stuff, but, right, right. you know, sure. just you just every now and again, let's just just throw a movie up on Twitch and let's all watch it together. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to have an Amazon Prime account. Right. But other than that, I mean. If you don't have an Amazon Prime account, you could play the DVD or the VHS if you've got it, or you could just watch us talk about it while we're watching it. I mean, there's there's, right, there's, some, right. there's some options there. Sure, but uh, yeah, I think I we we should we should do that more. We should do the we, we should, should do movie yeah. night because there's some weird stuff in the menu of what's available for that. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> you can you can find all kinds of cool B movies and and some of these things, and and I think. For all for all the downsides of the streaming wars, we are all victims of the streaming wars. All yes. veterans of all veterans of the of the nine ninety nine a month yes. streaming war. Um, the because there is such a demand for stuff to put in on their services, a lot of this stuff gets carried on to a brand new generation. Mm-hmm. In a way that it's like, because I, 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 I know families that do this where it's like, Hey, child of mine, come watch this stupid movie that I love so much. And the kid's like, I don't want to watch it, dad. Oh, come on. Yeah. And they sit down and they sit there and go, okay, this is really funny. Um, or this is, you know, you know, so bad it's good. Or, or I had no idea this movie even existed. I mean, and, and B movies get passed down like that. Just like, just like the big blockbuster classics do, you know, how many, how many people have sat there and, you know, taken their kid to see the Rocky horror picture show or, or sat them down and said, let's do a Schwarzenegger weekend. 
um you know or if you're a horror fan you know get him you know the introduce them to so many great 80s horror films that are definitely B-movies, but have helped define the genre. Yeah. Well, and and you look at even even further back than, you know, just the, the 80s, you know, you've got <clears throat> the original thing, you have The Blob, you have Mars Attacks, you know, that, that whole set of films as well, Creature features. Can, creature features. Yeah, know, the creature, uh, the creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon. Um, uh, well, the first some... Frankenstein. You know, well, okay, there's there were more before, but I mean, the you go back and you look at the classic Universal monsters. In many ways, mm-hmm. those are B movies. Yeah. Um, you know they they had none of them had any idea that they were going to have the the longevity, right? Uh, that they're going to have. It's like. So you look at you look at the the some of the classic westerns. You go some of the classic uh, film noir movies. You know, Bogart was under contract to make like four or six years, four or six movies a year. Nobody ever thought that they were going to be cranking out, you know, stuff that people are still talking about. John Huston, one of the greatest directors in the history of cinema, you know, cranked out a lot of just. Uh, I'm under contract to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And it held up. I mean, yeah. and that's the, that's some of the things that some of you know. The, it's it's hardly just the, the the genre stuff that we love so much. Um, there's a lot of. I'm still waiting for somebody to realize that there's an audience for Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, and it finally gets an official official nice. release. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that there is there. There simply is. People would, people would watch that for its cheese factor and its earnestness because that cast, yeah, did their best to make a good movie. And there was, you know, they had they weren't aware that it was a licensing grab, right? Well, and it's it is funny because. I, I I watch when uh, when the when the uh, when Josh Trank's film came out. Mm. I was looking at that and I thought, oh, Constantine Films is still involved in this, and that's my first thought. I was like, oh, this is a this is a this is a license grab. This is so they can keep it. This is not going to be a good movie. I I, I as soon as I saw Constantine Films, I I saw. This is not going to be a good film. And I was right. Because we're just doing this so we can hang on to the hang on to the rights. I still think that you could have taken that cast and done an because it's based on the ultimate version of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And you could have done an ultimate Fantastic Four that would have been out of continuity with the MCU. It already was because it's a different studio. Um you could have taken that cast because there's, there's a talented cast and if you had just given them a fantastic four script (laughs) right (laughs) i mean they had money they had a talented cast they Uh, could uh, what are you gonna do um so i am looking on uh i am looking on the watch part oh (gasps) yeah well all right so i am so okay so the way this works uh, on the on your twitch channel those of us who are partner level, affiliate level, whatnot. 
we have access to what's called the watch party function, which you can click on a thing. You say, we're going to set up a watch party and log in with your Amazon Prime account. And everybody who has Amazon Prime can we can actually screen the movie, the TV show on our channel. So the main player window is the the feature. And then up in the corner, there's another window of us. And each one of those things has a volume control, has its own volume control. So you could watch the movie, turn us down, or you could turn the volume down on the movie and listen to us jabber about it. Or a combination of things. And everybody who's got Amazon Prime can watch this with us. And you actually get to see it. It's not let's look in the mirror or you know we'll just we'll sneak it in the corner. Yeah, right, yeah. right. It's mm-hmm. actual legitimate screening. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, when the stream is done, what's left is our commentary track. So if you want to go back and look at it again, you you can you know you rent the movie, you get the DVD, you can play our commentary along, and that's what stays. So I'm looking at the list of what's available right now. And it's probably going to change before we get a chance to do anything about it. <clears throat> but I'm I'm looking at this. Halloween Ends is mm-hmm. on this list. Uh, the Consultant, which is the new one. Uh, the Les- The Legend of Vox Machina. That two seasons are both available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Carnival Row. Smile. Oh. Um, the Hunger Games, which you know that's it, a that's a regular. I mean, it's not a B movie, but you could do you know it's it's a movie screen. Let's watch a movie. Well, and you know, and and you know what, you could watch Elizabeth Banks act versus direct, which of yeah. course a lot of people know her. Don't. It's the same lady, same yep. same lady directed the, the, the Cocaine Bear is is in yeah Hunger Games. Um, the Fall Guy. The TV series with Lee Majors oh, and Heather, really? Heather Thomas, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, The mm-hmm. Hunger Games: Catching Fire, right? Um, the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. I'd be, be down. I'd be down for doing a Raiders watch party. Sure. Uh, all of the Hunger Games are on here. The Expanse is on here. The Tomorrow War, Stargate SG One, all these, all ten seasons. <clears throat> Transformers: Age of Extinction. Now, in in two weeks, all of this changes. Right. 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 I'm gonna... oh, by the way, folks, um, the Transformers <laughs> movies, which are terrible. World War um, Z extended are the is what happens when a B movie director is given too much money. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'm looking for a particular title here now, and I don't see it because it was on here for a while. And that was oh, Runaway by starring Tom Selleck and Kirstie Allen. Oh, right. And and, and, and Gene Simmons is the bad guy. And it's not in here. <clears throat> what was that one? Uh, uh, Rene Russo, Mick Jagger's the villain. 
Free Jack. Let's, free Jack. Let's yeah. let's see if Free Jack is on here. Oh, see that Free Jack is Free no. Jack is not a it's great not. movie, but it is a fun movie. Um, also, um, uh, on the western side of things, Quickly Down Under with Tom Selleck. That's a good one. That's a good one. The Alan Be- Rickman. Beastmaster is available, as well as Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Of course, yes. And those two results come up in the search results for Krull, which is not available. <laughs> I mean, we could do some. We could have some fun with this stuff. Sure. Um, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World is mm-hmm. uh, is available. This is the 1925. Ooh, edition. see, that's a fun one. Yeah, The Lost World from 2002, and that's that's not the Jurassic Park Lost World. Right. That's the mm-hmm. lost. That's the Arthur Conan Doyle Lost World. Right. Um. Land of the Lost uh, remake mm. stuff. Um, <clears throat> the Lost World from 1992, which is, again, uh, not Jurassic Park Lost World. Right. Um, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Very fun. Uh, let's see here. Here's The Lost World from 1925. <clears throat> I think we could. I, we should. We should do some stuff here. The real Ghostbusters Volume Nine. The that's the animated show. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. <laughs> oh wow! There's a blast from the past. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some there's some stuff here. Conan the Barbarian is not on here. Mm. Um, what else? What else would it be? What else would would be something that we could watch? Uh, let me see. Let's see if Buckaroo Banzai is on here. I don't think it will be. Buckaroo Banzai. No. Well, now why in the world? Okay, I do a search for Buckaroo Banzai. It gives me John dies at the end. So John dies at the end is a fun movie, but it's it's nothing. I don't. Like I don't know why you would. They're, they're not the same. Highlander. Highlander is, is available. The original, the original Highlander? Highlander, the movie is how well, they okay. how they got it listed. So, so it's, it is I'm, there, yes. So that, that, again, another fun one that would be fun one to watch. I think I think we should take advantage. Killer soundtrack. Yeah, we should do this. the Running Man. Um, lethal Lethal Seduction is that is that Lethal Seduction? That's the the movie that my professor made. No, he he made Lethal Betrayal. Never mind. Snake okay. Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Here's a uh, 21 Day Transformation Exercise Video Series, ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, genre. I think I think we should do this. Would you Would you consider Hunt for Red October in our? I don't think I don't think Hunt. For no, Red it definitely it would definitely that was designed to be a blockbuster, uh, and and it's interesting because some of the films that are these big blockbuster hits um, that were not really meant to be blockbusters. They just yeah. happened to become them. The first Die Hard film is very much a B movie. Yes. And, yes. but it was a giant hit. Um, I think you could argue that there, but for the budget, Batman 89 was very much made like a B movie. They had a yeah. lot more money than you would expect. So the, but, um, Robocop's on the list. 
yeah, RoboCop wrote the first. Well, and, and I think you and can look RoboCop at a lot too. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, the if you, you know you look at you look at a lot of these films that have stood up and and they big crowd pleasers. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are fun, and that's why these B movies ended up becoming hits. Is that you know they're they're entertainment and and look, I love a serious movie as much as anybody. I like I like big films that make me think. I like big spectacle movies. Um, I like, you know, big budget stuff. But I also just love this stuff where it's, you know, the only thing they're trying to do is entertain you. Yeah. That's the entire goal. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, whether it's a detective movie or a horror film or a science fiction movie, maybe they don't have any money. Maybe they don't have enough money. Um, you know, but they're just trying to entertain you. Yeah. All right. And I, I, I got a, I got a beef with this alg with this search algorithm now. I mean, really, really, this is this is this is messed up. <clears throat> I do a search for Catwoman. Yeah. You know, sure. Right. Yeah. Why not? SpongeBob SquarePants season two pops up in the search results, as does. Fisherman's Friends, Sanford and Son, and John Denver, Rocky Mountain High, live in Japan. (laughs) From a search for Catwoman. Folks, um, just your periodic (laughs) reminder that if somebody slaps the word AI on something, Uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. Here we it, here, here 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 we go. This is sure to nothing. be a hit. This is sure to be a hit. Relaxing beaches with music. That okay, sh- that should, I don't we know. should lead with that. I, there there I have been to the ocean nowhere near enough times, <laughs> but I did find it very relaxing. So I mean <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the beach. Just just because I like going to the ocean when it's just like me and maybe some friends and there's like an empty beach, right? I'm not a, I'm not a go to the beach yeah. where to go to the beach. It's like I um Here you go. Murder with music from 1941. Oh, there you go. So in the yeah. um JR uh no, that is definitely Christopher Nolan is not actually capable of making a B movie. <laughs> um, I don't, and I don't think he has any interest in trying. But um, his pictures are are definitely the. Now, if he was trying to make those movies thirty years ago, mm-hmm. there's a very real chance they would have ended up being B movies because the technology wasn't there, and. I don't think people would have given him the budget because the technology wouldn't have been there. Right. Um, so he could have been a great, and, and, but he's, he's, his scripts, whether you like the finished versions or not, the scripts have some clever ideas. And so I think he could have been a, he could have been a B movie director yeah. back in the day, but now he doesn't have to worry about it. I mean, the, the technology is stuff and that sort of thing is there, but. There's a well, lot of cool things. We I mean, have if you're, some, if, we have some options here. Is transfers in the list? Is trans no the angry wow. the angry red planet original version of the sci fi classic from nineteen fifty nine? Really? Yes. 
that could be fun because folks if you haven't seen some of these films some of them are not i live on a street that is very busy now it's just a police car santa, um, santa claus car conquers the martians as well he's yeah of course <laughs> some of these films are not great but they're all very interesting yeah uh, and if you're a fan of, of of looking at some of these things or or just interested in, in learning more about some of this stuff, this would be a lot of fun. I think we should do this. I think we should do it soon before these movies go away. Probably best, yes. Yes. All right. So let's make. I mean, let's make a hunting plan. for if if hunting for Catwoman brings up <laughs> John Denver in Japan. Yeah. I mean, I know, right? Let me see. Is Lo maybe? What about Logan? No. Logan is not in here. But you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things that we could that we could look at and 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 look at this stuff. There's some oh, there's yeah. there's some fun stuff here. Bug diaries. Okay. It's a <clears throat> it looks like a bug's life. It's like a kid's animated mm, thing. Sure, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I think I think I, yeah we definitely need to look at this. So all right, okay, folks, we will make a plan and we will post that plan over on all of our social media platforms and channels and accounts and whatnot, <clears throat> so you can see what we come up with as well as we'll probably put a discussion thread together over on our Discord server. So you need to all join our Discord server. And we will do all of this again next week. In the meantime, we've got uh, Live from the Bunker Monday through Open Line Friday. And tomorrow, Preston Fossil will be here to talk about his new book, The Beasts of 42nd Street. And, uh, and Mr. Harvey, you may be interested in this book because it's about a guy. <clears throat> this is set back in the 70s at Times Square when Times Square mm -hmm. was not all that fun a place to be. Sure, right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's about a guy who's a projectionist at movie theater. And he has a little bit of leeway because he runs the movie theater that the mob likes to attend. Right? Sure, okay. And now he's in possession of a film that has the most beautiful woman in it that he's ever seen, ever. Mm -hmm. And other people want this film. The beasts, the said beasts of 42nd Street, who happen to be demons because this film was made by the devil. So, so Preston, Preston I love has, me a haunted movie. Yeah. I love me a haunted movie. Yeah, Preston has been on the on the channel before. He was uh, he was part of our our trailer park uh, crowd, uh, but he's got this uh, he's got this new book out. So we're going to be talking about that as well as some other cool. stuff and and that. So uh, so join us for that tomorrow, and we'll do this all again next week. In the meantime, In the meantime go see Cocaine Bear. It, it's 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 loud and gory and fun and see it with an audience. It's it's worth it's worth the time if if that's your jam. I mean, if you don't, yeah. if that's not your thing, that's fine. Don't don't feel like you have to go. And, and but, make uh, and make your list of B movies and let us know what kind of things you'd oh, like yeah. to see for for uh, movie night. And we'll start we'll start putting stuff together for that. 
Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. All right. That's it for us tonight, folks. Thanks very much for being here. We will be back next week. Um, assuming that the creek don't rise. So hopefully back in the studio. Fingers crossed. Good night, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio.